Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Yes, another episode of Catherine Ryan telling everybody everything. It does not feel like it's been a full week since I last released a podcast. I don't know how this is happening. How does time fly by during the bleakest situation of our lives? I can't even complain. I don't have any vulnerable people in my family. I don't have any elderly people in my family. That's a weird position to be in, to be like, what? The most surprising thing about this pandemic to me is that my peers have grandparents. Like, you have grandparents? I haven't had a single grandparent since my late teens. Taxes are due. That's fun. I know self-assessment has been delayed a little bit, but if you are a small business owner, i.e. a limited company as I am, and as many of my friends are, then we have to pay tax this week, and we don't get any relief and we didn't get anything from the government when they were doing you know whatever they were doing for the pandemic and for me I feel like that's okay I have more money than I ever needed or ever expected to have I'm very lucky but it's tough for some of my peers and we put that money aside to pay tax of course but we've had to pay for a lot of extra things and we have not had the usual work that we could have anticipated or predicted for. And do we get any discount? No. HMRC are genuinely like, well, we actually need a lot of money right now. Why is that? Is that because the government allocated contracts to their friends, Lord Finkel Bosch Gildemere, to try to do some new project he's never attempted before? Is that because you paid him a trillion dollars to do that? Is it because you have to pay child support for 11 children that you don't see? Thanks for paying the child support, by the way, wherever you are. Lords, I love the idea of paying tax. If it's going to the organizations that I was told it was intended for, if it's going to public schools, you know, in this country, what does that mean? State schools. If it's going to nurses, if it's going to pensioners, if it's going to the roads and the TFL and all these different things, But the more that I read, it's not. They shut down our industry, yet they want every dime that we owe them. And I mean, it's the first time that I have really begrudged paying my tax. It's best not to think about these things. What can I do? Exactly fucking nothing. And 
again, a lot of people will write me. It's amazing the people who support the government right now. They'll be like, wow, actually, you just got to suck it up. You lost. I lost. You lost too. You voted for a conservative government. Did you get one? Doesn't seem like you did. I am a literal wealthy person. Are they cutting taxes for me? No. You have to be wealthy, 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 Jacob Reese Mogg, secret company in Europe and God knows where else wealthy, before they give a shit about you. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that any other government would have or could have handled this pandemic better than we did. Uh, well, the New Zealand government, the Australian government, the Canadian government, most governments around the world, most of them handled it better than we did. But I'm not saying that it's conservatives alone who fucked this up. All I know is at the minute, things are not going great for anybody. I lay awake last night for quite some time having nightmares about tax, tax mares. And what do you do when that happens? Well, you ill-advisedly get out your phone and you start reading. I like to read science stuff. Why do I do this to myself? I hate space. Anytime I vocalize my hatred for space, space travel, space financing, space study, then the most A-type personality, linear thinking, space people come at me on social media and they're like, well, how can you possibly hate space when we learned about satellites through space and everything you do has to do with all of our explorations in space and math is the best. And do you like your phone and the website you're using to tweet your hatred of space? No, I hate my phone. I hate my phone. My phone is nothing more than an expensive tracking device that I carry with me everywhere and look at periodically to read mean things about myself. There's a girl on Twitter and I can't respond to her because I think that she is different neurologically and has some challenges. You know, I've learned with trolls or people who seem to be trolls, you have to go to the bio, you have to read all about them and go through a few of their tweets to be like, ooh, and then you can make an educated guess. Is this someone being a dick or is this someone who struggles? This girl has in her bio, aspiring stand-up comedian. And I would work, you know, as a barista or something during the day. And I would really love to be a comedian. My dream is to be a comedian. And she spends her time slagging me off and slacking off other female comedians. I just, babe, this is not the way to do it. Of course, she follows me. She collects dolls. She's an interesting enough looking person, probably very nice, but she thinks she's going to get into this industry by slagging us off. It's just not what we do. Even if I don't like someone's comedy, it would take so much for me to actually slag them off unless they had done something evil in their personal lives or if they were pushing a message that I thought was really dangerous. I might be critical of that, but I still would never be like, that's not funny because it's not for me to say. It's subjective. There's a very famous comedian in this country, actually, someone I really respect, someone whose material I love, someone who works really hard and who's always been kind to other comedians. That person tweeted, oh, Kevin Hart's latest DVD was shit, wasn't it? <laughs> I was like, what? Kevin Hart, the multimillionaire Hollywood star, you didn't like his latest special. Okay. Even so, it's just not, it's against uh, the code. It's ugly. But back to space. I read a sentence 
from a space person that should remain in the NASA community and is not suitable for mere mortals. It felt as though it wasn't even English. How dare you print this as news? We discovered a galaxy that was bleeding the cold gas of 10,000 suns. Where do I begin? I don't understand gas, cold gas, hot gas, liquid gas, gas, gas. Don't understand that. Don't understand how much gas is in one sun. I can't conceptualize what 10,000 suns of cold gas is like. You're telling me galaxies collided. How do you know that? You figured that out because you started definitely with math. Science is all, space definitely is math. So you had a pencil and paper and you did some equations and then you extrapolated those by how many, how many suns of gases did you amplify your equation by to be like, well, I can tell you that and just, I'm just not buying it. I don't give a fuck. Oh, this universe is dying and this galaxy smashed into this one and is bleeding the, the gas of shut up. You change your minds every day. Pluto's a planet. No, Pluto's a star. Actually, we have this college student. This is another thing I read. Oh, college science person is in the office three days and he finds a new planet. Wait until tomorrow. And then astrology. Oh, guess what? You're not a Capricorn anymore. We've changed that. No, actually, that pissed too many people off. We've changed it back. Just admit that you don't understand space at all. You're trying to use language that confuses and bewilders us. I know there was a boom of alien movies in the 80s, which actually united us as a planet. Bring those back. Bring back the 1999 Independence Day starring Will Smith. At least when we were all on board with aliens, we were getting along. But this business of, oh, great news. We've been able to photograph a black hole for the first time ever. You can't photograph. No, you didn't. You do not have a telescope powerful enough for that. You are a liar. And by the way, I also learned about a new black paint. Have you heard about this black paint? Oh, paint scientists have spent ages developing the blackest of all black paints. And I swear to God, look this up. People are painting the insides of rooms. They're painting apples. They're using this paint. And it truly is so dark that it sucks up all the light. Zero light reflects off this very matte black paint. And a man painted the inside of this one room and then walked inside of it. And it just looked like he got smaller until he disappeared. You cannot even feel the room. That's how dark it is. He turned on a light bulb and all the light was sucked up apart from just a little shimmer of light bouncing off of him near the light bulb. So you, these are the same people in cahoots. You want to tell me you photographed a black hole? Oh, better not miss the super blood wolf moon tonight. It's the red moon ascending into Jupiter. Stop it. I imagine that I would be more comfortable with the concept of space if people were realistic about what they do and don't understand. I get that it's fascinating. It looks beautiful. We have films and books and you love to hear things that sound like they're outside of our celestial planet, whatever. You're like, oh, that's cool. But if everyone could just come together and be like, but we don't really know what's going on, then I would feel better about things. And the amount of money that we put up into space for God knows what jet rocket, China just put 143 satellites out there. Well, that sounds like it definitely won't backfire. People die in space. 
people spend their whole lives, well, you all know how I feel about Chris Hatfield from my town. He's a hero astronaut who's totally eclipsed me, space reference, in being a Canadian celeb. Everyone loves him. Everyone hates me. Why? I'm not a hero because I went to the UK and not to the middle of God knows where. Sorry, I couldn't take a picture of everyone on Earth and play my guitar in zero gravity. Is there tax in space? That's a legitimate query because maybe you are employed by NASA, which is an American company, but you conduct your business outside of international waters, international hemispheres, whatever that's called. Not a hemisphere, stratosphere. I don't know. Layers. They have layers of sky. Just tell me. Which of your lordship friends you have earmarked my tax money for? If the UK government can tell me that, we're going to be giving it to Lord Wilvingston. All of it. Just give me his name. And then I expect to get pictures, updates, maybe handwritten letters. Just like you get updates when you sponsor a lion. I want, oh, Lord, whatever, he's really working hard with all the money you gave him as part of his trillion-dollar contract to create a new type of mask. And then I will find him, and I will seduce him out of the cash, and I will get my money back, and I will give it to healthcare workers. I'm sorry that I'm in kind of a spicy mood. Blame the taxes. Do you know what else has been happening is Violet has really been resisting looking after the pony. These are very first world problems. Oh my God, I'm like, I have to pay too much tax on all the money I earned and my daughter doesn't want to look after her pony. But I mean, look, I'm looking after him. I'm paying for him. And it's too cold and too wet. I understand that kids don't want to do things, but this is my dilemma. I had a lot of activities growing up and my mother and I would butt heads over it. I would cry at the piano to the point that I could not see the sheet music through my tears. And my mother didn't let me quit. She was like, when you make a commitment, Catherine, you have to stick to it and do your piano until, you know, whatever. And she'd say, when you're a teenager, you'll be very grateful at parties that you can just sit down and play the piano for everyone. I was like, what parties do you think I'm going to? Late night cocktails at Oscar Wilde's house. Like, oh, let, let me just sit down and play the piano. I don't know what circle of friends she thought I was having, but we were making out in the woods. No one was sitting down being like, anyone uh, request any Tchaikovsky tonight? So Bobby says, get rid of the horse. My friend Elizabeth needs a new horse because she recently had to put one of hers down. Do I give Storm to Elizabeth? And then it's out of my hands. And Violet truly hasn't ridden him in months whines about mucking him out every single time or do I dig my heels in and continue to take her and make her ride this horse we don't have the same relationship that my mother and I had I wouldn't be able to do it with her crying and telling me she didn't want to I just give up I'm like well all right if you're crying then I guess you don't want to but we're raising kids in a very different time I think I need your advice on this a lot of you write me to ask for advice I need some Real tough love parenting because spoiled assholes are made, not born. You know what I should do because we haven't heard from her in a while. I'll just call my mom. Go straight to the source. Ask Julie what she thinks. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm just sewing. I'm fine. How are you? I love to hear your voice. I'm very excited. You can hear my voice every week on Telling Everybody Everything. 
And I do. Believe me, I do. I listen to it multiple times. I've seen the Duchess a hundred times. Oh, God. Well, as much as Abe will let me. Yeah, I bet it's tough for Abe. He's not used to such a feisty gal. No, no, he is used to such a feisty gal, and he loves it. It's just that he likes to um, sometimes mix it up and see something different. He doesn't like to see the same thing again and again and again. No, neither do I. But there's nothing to watch. Bobby and I just watched this show called Love After Lockup. It's not something I really want to watch because it it it's hard for me not to scream at the television with advice. Yeah, you need a podcast. Here's the thing about me. <laughs> um, That's the name of the podcast. Here's the thing about me. A lot of people say, oh my God, I'd, I'd vote for you if you were running for office. And I'm like, people wouldn't though. I'd never win. I'm much too direct. They don't like it. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Well, I so. definitely don't think anyone should run for office. I think you have to be a psycho. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. You, um, you, you have to be prepared to be shat upon relentlessly, and I don't have the stomach for that. And to shit on others. Well, I would like to think that if enough people got into office who would not shit on others, that it could be a good thing. That's what I would like to think, but I don't think that's necessarily possible. You and I are idealists. Do you want to know how much tax I have to pay this month? I'll bleep it out. I wouldn't ever say it on the thing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. To, to do what good with? None. Well, this is the thing. If they were spending it intelligently, you wouldn't mind so much. Like, I'm still enraged about how the governments are managing this pandemic. I mean, I get the lockdown at the beginning last year. Mm. Sure, you're figuring it out, but for fuck's sake. Yeah. And yet they've spent all this money running around. Like, you might as well just play yakety sacks in the background while they all run around with their, <laughs> like, chickens with their heads cut off. I know. I know. Like, I try to keep this podcast a relatively pandemic-free zone. I'm actually ringing for advice because I think I might give Storm away. Yeah, because Violet drags her ass about mocking him out. She hasn't ridden him in months. And I have to take her there. And I don't really like doing it myself, but you can't send her alone. If he's expensive and you end up doing everything and she's not appreciating him, then she shouldn't have him. Yes, but that's what she wants. She wants you to give him away. Probably. She says she doesn't, but I feel like... If I give him away, she wins because then she gets to sit in her room on screens, which is her true passion. Yeah, it, that's really bad. I don't know. It's so much work for you, but um, I don't know. How forceful are you at dragging her out? Because I know one time when I was there, she didn't want to go, didn't want to go. And I'm like, well, no, you just make her go. She's a kid still. And you know how I was with you guys. I didn't make you take a pile of lessons unless you wanted to. But if once I bought and paid for a session, you had to follow through on the commitment. The pony has a relationship with you and a relationship with all of his friends at that stable, even though he doesn't really give a shit about them because he has no problem stealing their breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't know. I think if it's the one outdoorsy thing she's doing, you might want to at least hang in there until school is back 
Yeah. And I don't force her to do anything. That's the problem. You did force me to play the piano through tears and go to my dance classes if I didn't want to and do all these things. But she and I don't have conflict. I'm just like, well, okay. Yeah. And maybe since you never did force things and it's difficult to try and force something now. I did my forcing in the early years. And I also made it very clear that if you didn't want to go, finish this session, and then you don't have to sign up again. But once you've signed up, that's a commitment. And you have that pony. And I think she loves them. She just, you're right, she'd rather sit in her room. But she's all about acquisition. So she likes that she has a pony. And she likes that she has dogs. And she wants to have another dog. And now she wants a frog. But when these animals arrive, then it becomes about the next acquisition. Well, I think that needs to stop. Yes. So give the horse away or keep the horse? Catherine, I would just make her do it. Okay. And, and then when school is back in, you revisit the decision. And just explain to her, this is the one thing that you're doing that you have to go out. You have to meet this commitment. This animal is not a thing. He's a a feisty little beast with feelings. All right. Thanks for your advice. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Love you. Love you. Bye. Who do you agree with? Lockdown's Catherine Ryan or the world of IT consulting and theater's Julie McCarthy? Email me, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. And now you can listen to some spicy words that I have about our sponsors. And when we come back, I'll get to your questions. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Whoa, this letter jumps out. Catherine, am I in a shitty relationship? If you have to ask. Okay. Catherine, I'm 30 and I write with a question regarding my relationship with my boyfriend, whom I've been with for three and a half years, living with for three. We have a wonderful time when we're on holiday, nights out, and we get on well most of the rest of the time. But when it's bad, I really want to leave. I'd say it was bad 10 to 20% of the time. The most recent thing to have pissed me off is his refusal to try and understand my feelings and my depression. If I display any negative emotion, he'll often ask, what's the matter with you? And not in a caring, loving tone. I don't suffer from low mood all that often, but when I do, he tells me to get over it and doesn't try to understand. 
Another thing I struggle with is he has two children with his ex who stay with us every other weekend. Oh, what a, what a great dad. Every other weekend, twice a month. This is fine, but the contact with the ex gets me down. I think this stems back to early in our relationship when he used to compare me to her and say she was more confident, funnier, more outgoing than I am. He told me six months ago that she had texted him after we'd been together 18 months, begging him not to propose to me. Why did he keep this from me for so long? He says it was to protect my feelings. She left him eight years ago for another man whom she's now married to, but it sounds like she regrets her decision. They always seem to have little in-jokes, which I told him make me uncomfortable, but he tells me to get over it, and if he wanted to be with her, he would be. I just feel stupid that I cook and clean for their kids every other weekend, and all the while they have a history that will never go away. Oh, that's another thing. All he does in the way of domestic labor is vacuum and cut the grass. That's it. Everything else is up to me. I don't know whether I'm feeling shit about the relationship because of lockdown, and because it's been so long since we were able to do anything fun like holidays or nights out, or is he just a good time guy who isn't mature enough for the emotional side of a relationship? For context, I don't want to have kids with him. Not sure why I wrote that, but just in case you need to know. (laughs) That's interesting. Oh, forgot to say he's in his 40s. I got a follow-up email. I mean, I don't like it, obviously. I feel like you shouldn't be trying so hard. And here are some things that jump out to me. Uh, The ex thing. Someone's always going to have at least a friendship, I hope, with the mother of their children. and. I wouldn't really know how to navigate that. I think it takes a very strong person to understand the context of that and and where it goes and not to feel threatened by it. But I also think it's probably his responsibility to give you that feeling of security. Do you know what I mean? I feel like Bobby feels secure in our marriage because I make him feel secure. Like there is no question that I'm obsessed with him. And I feel very secure in our relationship because of how he treats me. I'm the same person as I was pretty much in other relationship where I was checking phones and freaking out and I mean literally calling women that my ex was sleeping with. That was fun. Fun fun fun. Made so many friends. But I acted like that because I was in a scenario where I was insecure and I had a right to be insecure. I don't think you should ever throw away your instincts. Um even if they're not spot on. You would feel secure if someone was making you feel secure. And the other thing that jumps out to me is when you said that his ex texted him to say not to propose to you. Why did he keep this from me for so long? He says it was to protect my feelings. Right away I see this and it's like, why did he keep this from me to protect my feelings? The question is, why did he stop keeping it from you to protect your feelings? I think he's telling the absolute truth. He kept it from you to protect your feelings. And he should have fucking continued to protect your feelings. What happened that he decided to whip it out in a moment of contempt, resentment to hurt you? There are certain things that you don't need to know. That is a red flag for me. I don't think this is the relationship for you. I think you deserve to be happy more than 80% of the time. And I don't think that I would ever be writing an email to a podcast asking if I should stay with Bobby. And I don't think you should settle for anything less. You're very young. And it's interesting that already you're like, and I don't want to have kids with him. And lots of people don't want to have kids at all. But this is not the one. 
Here's an email about boys. Hi, Catherine. I've recently gotten close to a guy in school in the year above me. and We've been getting along pretty well and we've become good friends. He's a really sweet guy and I really fancy him, but he's straight. On New Year's Eve, he was out at a friend's house and got tipsy. I know, no social distancing. <laughs> Teenagers do these things. Okay. He sent me a video via Snapchat saying, Happy New Year. By the way, you're kind of sexy. I was very confused. Do straight men call other men sexy? I've often heard that people tell the truth when they're drunk, but I didn't believe it. He kept sending me snaps and videos throughout the night. The next day we were texting and I mentioned something else he'd done the night before. He asked if he'd done anything stupid and I mentioned some other funny things he'd sent me and I mentioned him calling me sexy. It didn't seem to faze him. He just said something along the lines of it being a fun night. Am I jumping to conclusions and these are just drunken ramblings or did he secretly fancy me back? Since then, we've been jokingly flirting, but it just confused me more. I probably won't see him for a while as secondary schools are still shut. Huh. I think putting the sexuality aside, because I know that especially at your age, it's a different culture to the one that I grew up in. And it's not as though like you're gay, you're straight, you're this. I know that there's a whole spectrum of uh, gender identity and sexual identity and so many people are non-binary now and it's a minefield for most people and for a teenager to have to navigate that I mean you're just so young so I think I'm just gonna play it like forget about the whole sexuality thing a teenage boy snapping you're sexy to either a boy or a girl I think is cute and it is flirty but I don't know whether it's enough to take seriously um it sounds like he probably thinks you're sexy uh does that mean it's going to develop into anything I don't know I think people probably get drunk all the time and text I think you're sexy um all, all that I know from this is that uh I don't think he would have texted you that if he had no interest at all, but it's just about whether that interest is part of getting attention or playing a little game or just being curious. I would sort of continue the snaps and keep it casual and then see where it goes when things open back up. Just put the same rules for romance on a gay relationship, a straight relationship, a bi relationship, because at this age, in that generation, you just don't know. But never settle for a snap of someone saying you're sexy because that's all fun, but you're worth a lot more. This whole email can go straight in the bin. I can tell by the title I'm about to get upset again. No, it's not about space. It's about something much worse, a terrible pandemic that has been sweeping stand-up comedy since pre-COVID. Catherine, I am a female stand-up comedian in my mid-twenties, and I've been doing comedy for just over a year. I've been doing quite well. I recently performed my first 15-minute feature spot, which felt incredible. I know that I have a bright career ahead of me in stand-up, but sometimes the scene can be very gossipy, and it's true that your reputation matters as to the spots you get offered, especially early on. My problem is that I recently went on a date with a successful TV famous comedian who is 17 years older than I am recently divorced with kids. We had brushed paths a few times at gigs and I felt pretty intense vibes, so I asked him out for coffee, not a drink, because he's four years sober. God. 
It was truly an incredible date. He's so amazing, extremely gorgeous. We just seemed to fit so well. He said he'd love to go on another date if it were just he and I. We both weren't in comedy, but that he'd feel terrible if it negatively affected my career. People might gossip and say that I'm getting ahead in comedy because I'm sleeping with him and also maybe think he's being predatory because of our power, age, and balance. (laughs) Yeah, I love that he's like, well, here's exactly what it looks like, exactly what it is. We couldn't come to a decision and he needed to get home. (laughs) So I said he should think about it. We've been messaging since then and he's asked when my next gig is. So I think he wants to see me again. But I guess I'd like your advice on whether this is a good idea for me. Am I just caught up in the fleeting lust that isn't worth the drama? Or should I trust my gut that he's someone I'm supposed to be with? I could see myself falling in love with him. Run, run. As fast as you can, you are not in love with him. He is a comedian his entire career, and he's very good at it. You said he's a successful, famous television comedian. His entire career is convincing people to like him, and he has no fucking business, and he knows it deep down, dating an open spot or a new mic. Oh, you just got your feature spot. I don't mean to you know diminish your talents, but you're young and you're new on the scene and he needs to stay the fuck away from you. And you're giving him a lot of power. I asked him out for coffee. I told him to think about it. No, 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 no good can come from this. How dare he even suggest, oh, people might think that you're just fucking your way to the top by being with me. Like you're not going to surpass him anyway. Here's what these guys do. They've been doing it longer than you. He thinks he's better than you at comedy. And I know, you know, maybe right now he is. He's been doing it longer. But God forbid you start to eclipse him in any way. If his career, because it's a marathon, not a sprint, and it goes in peaks and valleys, if his career gets on a downturn for some reason and you get more buzz and more heat because you said you've do, you're doing well, that's going to be a disaster for him. He's a recovering alcoholic or drug addict or something it's just it is a lot of precarious stuff for you to be dealing with in your career and it it is the worst thing that you could do and you're not in love with him and you you can't do this you don't fuck the comics do you understand me no 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 thanks for your email No. Oh, this is very interesting. Catherine, like you, I'm a North American living in the UK. My wife and two children have loved being here for 10 years. We're very close friends with a family who have a 16-year-old daughter who babysits for us on and off. We invited her to come to the States as a nanny or friend for our family reunions this summer. She is ecstatic. The advice I could use from you is how do we tell her that her table manners are atrocious and they need to change? We're very good friends with the entire family, but I'm afraid if I tell her to get her face out of her plate, to sit up and to chew quietly, then I'm not only infringing on her parents' responsibilities, but I might also harm the friendship. Please help. How important is this to you? I think, first of all, I am floored that a North American is telling British people how to eat. Because I have personally found that the British people I eat with have far better table manners than North Americans. They have different rules about how to hold the cutlery. Um, I think this girl sounds like an anomaly to me. Maybe she just has those type of parents who never told her to eat properly. 
I dated a guy like that. When he was eating, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And I said, gently one day, I said, oh, did your mother, um, oh, I'm always after Violet to eat properly. You know, I created a fake scenario. Oh, I'm always, meanwhile, she eats like a princess. Uh, did your mother not harass you like that? You just learned to eat, you know, without your mother nagging you all the time, did you? And he's like, no, my mother nagged me all the time. <laughs> so I don't know, like for some people, maybe her parents are telling her to eat properly and she's just not picking it up. I think the best thing to do, I mean, maybe mind your own fucking business because what's it to you how this girl eats? But if it's really bothering you or you don't want your your son and daughter to pick up these bad habits then maybe correct your children when they eat just in a nice way be like oh you know sebastian we hold i don't know your kids names we hold a fork like this and oh keep your elbows off the table and i think sometimes narrating things in front of people without saying it directly to them might work but i mean this girl is not your responsibility so try to minimize the amount of meals that you have with her or maybe just serve finger food when you're with this kid just chill out how about you just chill out don't invite her on holiday if you can't stand the way she eats here's one about babies scared of giving birth Catherine, i'm pregnant for the first time due in march really excited to become a mom but the thought of birth is actually terrifying it's not so much the pain of labor it's the potential aftermath the tearing and the potential loss of controlling your bowels not to mention pelvic organ prolapse and a ripped clitoris <laughs> where are you getting your obstetric information from firstly the thing you need to be afraid of is the pain of labor that is the number one thing you need to be afraid of you think you're going to die you go to the end of your life to bring that little soul back with you. That's how much it hurts. You're not going to tear your clitoris. I don't think anyone in the history of childbirth has ripped their clitoris. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like I heard of people getting tears. There are like degrees of tears that you can get. And I think sometimes the tear can go back, but it doesn't go forward unless like your vagina's on back to front. You're not tearing your clitoris. We can tick that off the list. Potential loss of controlling your bowels. Do you mean during labor you think you're going to poop yourself? Because you won't. As long as you don't go to the hospital too early. And if you do, then the nurses and midwives honestly don't care. But I was home all day when I was in labor with Vida. I went to the hospital very, very, very late. And your labor is kind of like food poisoning, if you get what I mean. So you're in the bathroom a lot and you're throwing up and everything. So if you do all that at home with access to your washroom and without an epidural where you're stuck on your back, then that's not going to happen. You will not shit yourself. Pelvic organ prolapse. I mean, you need to check how rare that is because I don't think that happens a lot, especially not with a first time baby. Maybe on those shows like, you know, 21 kids and counting, maybe at that point. But you can be doing your pelvic floor exercises now. I'm sure you have a really strong pelvic floor And remember that women were having babies for thousands of years in caves and stuff, and some of them would die, but not all of them. I mean, your body is designed to do it, and you're going to have a terrible labor if you are this anxious. You need to chill out. There are things they can give you. Gas and air is pretty good. I think they can even give you a little shot of opioids if you're there early enough. They can't give it too close to when the baby's born because then it's drowsy. And then they have mobile epidurals that you can get, and that totally relieves the pain in most women. And I think you can still walk around and that's what you want because you want gravity. 
All right, she goes on to say, I'm seriously considering a cesarean, but I already feel judged by friends and family for even suggesting this. People say it's not natural, but hey, neither is taking birth control and having a child at 32 or any surgery. It's strange that medical advancement is celebrated in every other area except birth. Well, I think loads of people have cesareans and loads of consultants, private consultants anyway, prefer to give you a cesarean um, depending on your circumstances. And you don't really know until you're really close to delivery whether it's even going to be up to you. The baby might be breached and you'll need a cesarean and that's it. I have friends who've had both um, an emergency cesarean, a scheduled cesarean, uh, and a like normal vaginal birth, whatever you want to call it. And then I have another friend who only had elective cesareans and she didn't care what anybody thought. She was like, this is what I'm doing. And she says it's great. I personally, and it's a personal choice, would want to avoid a cesarean only because it's quite a major surgery and then your recovery is tough and it's more difficult to grapple around and deal with the baby in the first few days. But overall, it's fine. It's fine. This is what first-time mothers do. They're like, oh, how's it going to go for me? This is my birth plan. Do you know what? You're going to have an amazing team, and they're going to get that baby out safe and healthy, and that's all you want. And nothing's going to happen to your clitoris, and it's going to be painful, but it'll be over in a day or two, and it's all going to be cool. You need to do some meditation, some mindfulness, some hypnobirthing, maybe see if you can get a pool. You need to chill because your mind is what's going to possibly make this labor longer and harder and more painful than it needs to be. If you want to know about my vagina, it's stunning, stunning. I get loads of compliments on it. And I didn't even know before the TV show on Channel 4, Naked Attraction, that I had such a stunning vagina. But it's called a textbook vagina. It looks like all the most beautiful ones that you've ever seen in magazines. Okay? And I had an episiotomy which is a little like snip to help the baby's head come out, but it wasn't in any like wild direction and it didn't affect any like organs or plumbing or anything. They stitched up and you wouldn't even know. It's really small and it did not <laughs> go anywhere near my clitoris. You are clitoris obsessed. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. You're going to do great. Congratulations. I love talking about my beautiful vag. I try to bring it up in panel shows when the boys talk about their dicks because it's actually a big thing for me. Girls don't see each other's vages a lot uh, in locker rooms or anything. I mean, I've never been in a locker room for a start. But when I saw Naked Attraction, and it's fine, they're all different. It's the first time I realized that mine was like a supermodel of vaginas. And so I will be releasing photos of it. I'm not sure when or how. Because I don't want to run out of time. Who knows? Like, I might start looking different one day. I don't, I don't know. I need to get those pics out there. Really celebrate my best feature. Thank you for listening to Telling Everybody Everything. It was great to hear from my mom. So many letters from you this week. I'm sorry I couldn't get to ugh, hardly any of them. But I, I read them all and I love to receive them. So please write me, tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. I'm sorry that so many of you are having relationship problems, clitoris problems, chewing problems. I mean, God. Oh, one last thing. We announced today that I'm writing a book. It's called Catherine Ryan, The Audacity. I'm doing that with Bonnie Books. And there are links on my social media to pre-order some special edition signed copies from Waterstones. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'll talk more about it when it's out. It's not released until the autumn, but that announcement was made today on social media. So it always helps if you want to pre-order. If you're going to end up getting it anyway, then the publishers are really happy if you pre-order. I don't really care. Live your life. Do what you want to do. No pressure. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.